The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Thursday morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. You can also watch the live video feed of the radio show. That's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Just go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, scroll down right there on the right, and you'll catch that video going live. You can also check out that live video feed on my Twitter account at FPPTim, FPPTim on Twitter. Uh, my Periscope account is tied to that, Setting Brush Fires, as well as our Facebook page, Bradley Dean SOL, our YouTube channel, B Dean Sons of Liberty. Before it's news.com, we're right there on the front page this morning. And also DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. You can also find us on Spreely, Gab, MeWe, Minds, and USA.life at Sons of Liberty and Sons of Liberty Media. If you'd like to call into the show, we're not doing Chinese Buffet. We're on a specific topic, and that is calling out uh, the Boris Johnson and the NHS over in the UK. And I'm sure somebody is doing it here in the States as well. Uh, over the issue of providing actual evidence that COVID-19 actually exists, that it's went through the proper procedures to determine it is a new disease that has been separated out and uh, so that's what we're doing not chinese buffet today 215 top talk 215-867-8255 if you want to call in you got a comment or a question for our guest and um you guys in the chat room good morning to you great to see everyone in there lively bunch this morning <laughs> and uh, somebody said make it a good day and throw a liberal in jail how about we just relegate that to criminals because some of those criminals aren't just liberals, guys, okay? And frankly, let's bring some justice to them. And, just, and jail is not justice. And the injustice to them, it's an injustice to you because you're forced to pay it and your property's held uh, hostage and you're threatened with jail time for doing that. So let's get that straight. And by the way, some of these, whoever's covering all this stuff up, whoever's providing all of this cover for the scamdemic, they need to have that done to them, okay? All right, just so we're clear. Now, with that said, let me introduce my guest. He is, and by the way, we, we tried to have him on on Tuesday, and I kind of had to fill in for him and give his words to the audience. So you guys are prepped sort of for what he's done, but his name is Dr. Kevin Corbett. He has a PhD in social sciences. Um, he is a health scientist. Um, his own health research and management consultancy based in London, that's, that's what he has there. He was originally trained as an artist and then qualified 
Like his parents as a British registered nurse in 1986, he worked in ICU, medical, primary care, and forensic nursing. He's worked uh, UK's first HIV hospital ward, London, opened by Princess Diana in 1987, uh, undertaken nursing and medical sociology research on people's experiences of the test used in HIV, the ELISA, or LISA, you can correct me if I'm wrong there, Kevin, E-L-I-S-A, Western Blot and PCR Tests, uh, has over 30 years of nursing and research experience, been awarded over $200,000 in research grants. He's now retired from working as a qualified nurse teacher and university lecturer and has over 150 research publications and still counting. You can find his website at kevincorbett.com. Kevin, welcome to the Sons of Liberty, man. Welcome, Tim. I hope you can hear me clearly. I can. It's a lot better than the other day. And just so people understand, Good. we were having, we got on, your video was great, but boy, That's we nice. had this this tremendous echo. Yeah. So I'm glad that everything, we got it sorted out uh, later on Tuesday and happy to bring you on. Now, yeah. I read to the people uh, what they can see on your website at uh, kevincorbett.com. And the things that I, I read to them about the notification that you had mm. uh, of the um, COVID-19 or the novel coronavirus SARS-CoV-2. And then I also read to them the letter that you have uh, to Boris Johnson and That's also right. brought up the petition where these people can jump into the midst of this too and they can go there and they can sign this. Now, you know, Nurse Kate recommended you come on the show and at her recommendation, I brought you on. And um, so I, I want you to tell people, I've already given them a lot about yourself yeah. But how, what brought you into this whole um, fiasco that's going on to where you said, hey, somebody needs to come out and prove that this stuff actually exists? Yeah. Well, you know, 25 years ago, I did some research into people's experiences of these tests, like the PCR test. And, you know, I found out then that these tests are not diagnostic. They're detection tests, and it's very unclear exactly what they detect. They say they detect RNA, but they can actually detect bits of our own genetic material. So when this thing broke earlier in the year, the, the COVID hoax, I was very suspicious. And I was at the point of retiring. And I thought, you know, I might retire from the National Health Service, but I was asked to take a job, Tim. I was asked to take a senior nursing job testing people. And what they wanted me to do was to force people into tests. No medical test should be forced. Every medical test should be consented. It should be consensual. So I automatically knew there was something wrong here. There was my background with the research I'd done that indicated these PCR tests are worthless. And also what I saw happening in the NHS, people being coerced. And then the whole thing started to kick off in February and March and April. And I realized that I had to come off the nursing register and fight this, fight it as an academic, as an activist, really come off the, the sort of what you call it, you know, writing articles and sitting at a computer. Do that as well, but also get out on the streets and do something positive to stop this, because what people were being told and what healthcare professionals are being told was false. And they've been told a lot of propaganda and their practice, their medical nursing and healthcare practice is being abused by the government, basically. 
And I could see this happening very clearly that the government was taking control of the healthcare professionals. That should never happen. Healthcare professionals like doctors, nurses, paramedics, they owe their duty to the patient, to the consumer, to the health consumer, not to the government. And that was why I started analyzing this and thinking about where has this happened in history? This control that has come in from the government has been right through the line, right from the top down. And this is very similar to what happened in 1930s Germany. And that's what led me to this concept of Nazi Germany as a model for what's happening now. That's a very extreme type of language to use, but I couldn't really look at any other word for it. Nazification was the word. And when you look at the textbooks, Tim, on the history of 1930s and 1940s medicine in Germany, the word that comes to mind is a long German word called Gleichstrom. And that is very difficult for me to pronounce because I'm not very good at German, but it translates to command and control. Command and control, like in the army or the armed forces, the line of command is tightened up from top down. And that's what you've seen in the United Kingdom here in the National Health Service. You've seen protocols that have really been prepared well in advance, you know, and suddenly they're on the table and all the doctors and nurses are being told to get into line. They've been whipped into line and told to get on and do what's needed, which is basically follow orders. Yeah, follow orders blindly. And that's against the ethics and the moral principles of healthcare, just to find, follow orders blindly. You know, put those patients on a ventilator. Don't give them masks. Nurses and doctors going around wearing masks when they shouldn't have, need to. You know, it's totally, utterly ridiculous. And so this is what got me into it, you know. And um, I think, you know, it's a very difficult situation now for the public to understand, you know, in America, you've had a lot of doctors and nurses coming out. You've had Kyle in New York, you've had Nurse Erin, and have told from the inside what's been happening in the American hospitals. What's been happening over here is just as bad, but we haven't got the sort of people coming forward yet, the numbers. And we hope that next week when we have this big rally in Trafalgar Square, we're going to get a lot of doctors and nurses. So I hope that explains to you how I got involved in this and how I wrote that article. And, you know, I have to say, Tim, the language of Nazification it's not a pleasant language to use, but it does describe this command and control concept people understand with the Nazi era. It does conjure up the Nazi era, but it also displays and describes well what's happening today in healthcare. And that should never happen. Doctors and nurses should be answerable to their patients, not to the government. When the government takes charge of healthcare, that's a situation like Nazi Germany, Stalin's Russia, East German Germany before the wall came down, communism, basically. That's what it is, a sort of communism totalitarian state, a tyranny, to use that word that's on your T-shirt, on your vest. Yeah, it's a tyranny of the government, you know, and that will end as it has now. It started. We have basically have people being treated 
inappropriately and it's led to deaths. Yeah. Now, yep. what word that conjures up is beginning with M to me. So people are being murdered, really. It's a form of medical killing like you had in Nazi Germany, maybe more hidden. You know, people don't go into camps, they go into hospitals or they go into nursing homes. But look at the nursing homes, the situation we've had here in the UK. We've had people left in nursing homes, families banned from visiting. You know, and this is the same in the health service here. We've had hospitals and wards where families are not being allowed in. That's never happened. Kevin, that has never happened. Kevin, let me, let me interject something here because I don't think some people really understand, especially in the States, uh, maybe even in the UK, but you, but you mentioned the issue of the, the moving into the socialism, covering the, the health care system and stuff by the government. And I, I know I can speak from the state side. Maybe you can speak to the UK side. But uh, people think that, uh, you know, we're the funny thing is when you go back and you look at Nazi Germany, you look at Hitler said that he was they were the national socialists. Well, everybody identifies that in the states with, you know, Democrats. But the fact of the matter is even Republicans push socialism. I mean, what do you call this six point two trillion or trillion dollar stimulus plus one point five trillion that was chunked into Wall Street? That is so actually it's more than socialism. It's fascism, which is what. Hitler was pushing this this yeah. uh, this marriage between government and corporations, and I think that's really what gets behind a lot of this, because it's to push vaccinations. It is to mm-hmm. uh, you know rob the people of their wealth. I mean, even Donald mm-hmm. Trump is sending up uh, ventilators. I mean, look, I don't blame Donald Trump for not knowing medical stuff. Uh, but he's sending up ventilators. This is not part of the job of the federal government. We never gave no. them um, uh, any authority in that. I don't know what you guys did in the, in the UK, but the UK has been under a socialist kind of healthcare system for a long time. And, yes, that's right. And and it's been going in the red base, basically every year that it's been out there to the yeah. point where they're asking. My understanding is they ask for donations from corporations, from individuals to help prop it up. And everybody thinks, yeah. well, this is just free. Nothing is free, yeah. folks. There is no such thing as a free – it may be free to you, but it's costing somebody else something. Um, yeah. So when you get into this kind of stuff and you're seeing what went on in Germany, what do you think is, is coming there? I mean when you, when, you, when you see that and then you're seeing what's going on right now, yeah. you're, you're asking the prime minister, okay, top guy there, you're asking the NHS – to come forward and present actual scientific data that yeah. this SARS-2, this COVID-19, actually exists. Uh, and by the way, I just want to throw this out. If anybody is listening and you've had somebody that you've been told died of COVID, not, not a motorcycle wreck and they tagged it, or they died of cancer and they tagged it, but they, they're actually told, how do you know they actually died of that? Because we have the numbers padded, the lies have come in. Yeah. What? What what's driving you into that? What are you going to do with that? Well, I'll start with the NHS. It's completely different here in the UK compared to America. There is no choice. Your money is dedu- the tax is deducted at source. It goes straight to the government for the National Health Service. It's like a sacred cow. You know, everybody bows down to it. They even have clapping for it here. And it's ridiculous because nobody has choice of a provider here. You have the National Health Service you pay for automatically. If you don't like it, you've got to pay again for another private provider. So it's state run. It's a socialist system like the communist system since 1948. It was brought in by Act of Parliament and there's no choice. 
Yeah, it's a waiting line service, really, and it's a rationing service. And, you know, the reason why we've asked for proof of the virus is that when this kicked off, I asked the National Health Service about the tests. I asked them about isolation of the virus. And, you know, I got an email from the National Health Service, Tim, about isolation of the virus. And I said, why don't you isolate the virus, SARS-CoV-2, in order to validate the tests? to work out the, the, the sensitivity and the specificity, to ex- evaluate the accuracy of those tests. And do you know what they told me on an email, Tim? They told me the WHO has advised us not to isolate the virus. So here we have a very good example in this country of where we've lost our sovereignty completely to the World Health Organization, a totally discredited body now, totally discredited due to what's happened with the China virus, as you call it, the SARS-CoV-2, telling governments what to do, how to run their testing, you know, and that automatically, automatically made me suspicious. And then when I read the rest of the information I got, it was very technical, but it showed to me, given the research I'd done before, that they have not just, they have never isolated this virus in terms of purified it, but the tests are based on a tissue of lies and a, a sort of alchemy, really, a sort of sophisticated statistical alchemy where they validate the tests based on an ELISA test, which again is not based on purified virus. So this is why myself and other activists wrote this letter to Boris Johnson. We wanted to know about isolation of the virus. We wanted proof that it had been purified. And we wanted proof that whatever they purified has caused this disease, COVID-19. And we wanted it to meet the Koch postulates. Now, a lot of people have heard about those and understand exactly what they're about. And although we're told it has met the Koch postulates, when you look at the data they give you, it hasn't. And basically, we're showing up Boris Johnson about non-isolation, non-purification of the virus, and the fact that it doesn't meet cost postulates, which means there's no evidence that it causes what they say it causes. We like to see that evidence, and we've given 5th of September as the cutoff date for that. The petition we got together, Tim, although it's for the United Kingdom, Everybody in the world is welcome to sign that petition and they're more than welcome to sign it. And I'm collating the data and I can tell you it will be independently verified. And we're very interested in people's comments, what they say to us. And we'll take those into account and we'll be publishing those comments. Obviously, we won't be publishing people's names and their email addresses. That's confidential. But we'd like to publish people's comments. So please do encourage your listeners to sign that petition. Although they're not United Kingdom residents and nationals, we will take their comments into account. So that explains the petition. You know, and a lot of people are petitioning their governments. I've had contact from all around the world over this. Germany, countries in South America, they're also following suit. But what you're seeing, Tim, is this command and control, not just through the health service now, you're seeing it through all walks of society. You know, you can't even go into the supermarket now without walking in a certain way, going in this side, going out that side. Look, I can't even go to church on Sunday, have to wear a mask. Well, I refuse to mask. 
I refuse to mask. There's no medical reason for masking and there is no medical reason for wearing masks in the street. It's total control. And I think that's where we have to get the bigger picture, Tim, here. The bigger picture is about social control. It's about generating markets. Well, it's about generating fear initially, what I call corona hysteria. Fear and hysteria drives people to wear masks in the street and they'll be queuing up for vaccinations by the end of the year. Absolutely. And this is what they're doing. It's markets, big pharma, markets for drugs and tests and vax. But it's also about controlling the population for the next time and the next time. You know, we never had this with the flu epidemics. Look, I worked in healthcare nearly 40 years. 40 years. I can tell you every year we had flu. You couldn't tell the government about the flu statistics. They weren't interested in how many old people died every year. You know, it's just a number to them. Now the governments have been colonized with all these vested interests. Now I talk about vested interests, big pharma, Bill Gates, you name it. Everybody knows this is happening now. Look, Bill Gates must be the most tested, slurred brand in the world now, mustn't he? You know, if he started marketing marketing coffee, he probably wouldn't be able to sell it. Why are these people allowed to influence our healthcare? Why aren't we looking at these scientists like Andrew Kaufman, Dolores Carhill, all these other very credible... Sherry Tenpenny. Sherry Tenpenny as well. Uh, Kevin, Tenpenny, yes. yeah, I got, a, I got a question for you. Um, Joy, yeah. she's, she's uh, watching from Denmark, and she says, do you have any contacts there or info about people from Denmark? Do you got any contacts there that you can put her in touch with? She says she doesn't want to comply with masks. Uh, but uh, she can be deported. She what? You can be deported if you don't obey the law as an American citizen. What in the what in the world? Well, it's. It, I mean, I mean, she could. I, for a Danish citizen, I know a very well-known Danish filmmaker called Elizabeth Copeland. She can Google her. She is available on the on 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 the internet. And she's a Danish national and she's doing a film at the moment. She's working on her own work around 5G and COVID. And she could talk to her in Danish. I couldn't talk to her in Danish. But, you know, the EU, this is where the European Union is acting a bit like a, you know, a sort of, um, how can I put this? You know, it's very much a federation. It's a federal system, the EU. And it's very, very tight, you know? You know, they like to control the states. And that's why in Britain, we voted to come out of the European Union. You remember? Because we didn't want this control. We wanted our own sovereignty, our own ability to control our nation and our borders. And what we've lost is our ability to control our science when the World Health Organization is telling us, you can't isolate the virus. You can't verify your own tests. You've got to follow what we do. When has any government had to follow what the European Union or the World Health Organization says? Why can't a government decide what it wants to do itself? Amen. Those are the questions people have got to ask. No, I, I totally I totally agree. In fact, <clears throat> I have said on this show over and over and over, see, the World Health Organization is tied to the United Nations. Any uh, representative of any country, whether it's a prime minister or whether a president or a king or whatever, 
If those people are not willing to get out of the United Nations, they are part of the globalist people. You can kid yourselves all you want with the speeches that are given like our president has given. If yeah. they're not willing to get out of that and bring back the sovereignty – and see, our, our president's already sold our sovereignty out with the USMCA. Uh, you, you guys have the same thing there with uh, the whole um, – you know, European deal, union, yeah. and trying to get out of that. I understand that. I, I applauded you guys for trying to do the Brexit deal because I think that's what's required to to deal with the tyranny that we're dealing with. When tyran- when the government gets so centralized that it mm. is it is away from the people and they don't feel mm. like there's any fear from the people because they're so far from them and their little ivory tower, that's when they start becoming tyrannical. That's when they start just stealing from the people, robbing them, and being just plain nasty to the people, the people have to break that apart. Thomas Jefferson said in our country, he said, when it comes to that, the people have to find a way to dissolve that government and reinstitute new government. He didn't say just, you know, not have any good government. We're for good government. We're not anti-government, but we're anti-tyranny. And he says, you dissolve that and you set up a tyranny that secures the blessings of liberty. Not that, uh, you know, makes you feel good about everything. Not that has their hand in everything. They're very limited in their scope of authority that the people give them. And, uh, you know, the UK tried to do that. And, of course, we've seen what's happened with all of that, the the fiasco that that's become. Uh, When the people speak, when the people actually speak, they don't want to be heard. Their rulers, their masters, as it were, Want to control them. Okay, so let me ask a question here. When you looked at the technical scientific stuff, and you mentioned uh, Cox Postulates, um, we've had Joni, she's in our, she writes for Sons of Liberty Media, and she also is in the chat room this morning, and she's written an article on Cox Postulates and Rivers Postulates. What is some of the specifics that caught your eye to say, hey, they're saying they put it through this, this series of tests to separate it out? But they really didn't do it. What were some of the things that caught your eye that, that proved that? Well, it's, there's many, but I'll, I'll focus on one. For example, one paper that's always quoted back at you when you question this is a paper by a Chinese author called Bao et al. B-A-O, that's the first name, the second, the surname. And the et al is about 30 or 40. You know, it's like a Chinese army of, of scientists on that paper. And what they did, they co-cultured the virus and they put it into, you know, cells from cancer patients' chests, you know, their lung tissue. And they found, oh, the the hairs on those cells stopped beating. Oh, so it must be due to the virus. But they didn't actually purify that virus. They took it and they did something called co-culture. And co-culturing is when they get what they think is viral material or viruses and they stimulate it with lots of antibiotics and lots of chemical activants and there's very little control on that you know they don't have a a pure sample to start with and they don't have a control group that has nothing they have a, a group that they do little to but they do things to it it's not a pure control group so there's all sorts of problems with what we call the research design on those studies And they're basically, you know, trying to, they're basically assuming the endpoint before they get there. And you can see it in the papers. And there are many, many papers, Tim, that are like that. They're all the same. Co-culture, you know, stimulating a co-culture PHA, 
all sorts of what I call sophisticated alchemy. And it all looks very, very technical. It all looks very, very watertight. And it's totally, utterly flawed. And Andrew Kaufman see, was able to see through this, you know, practicing clinician, psychiatrist, you know, and this is the problem with this. They put these papers in nature. They're fast-tracked through. Everything's fast-tracked through with these journals now. And the peer review is all a rubber stamp. You know what I mean by a rubber stamp? It's, you know, we've got to get this published as soon as possible because there's a war on COVID. And basically, it doesn't really stack up. And those tests are based on those 40 cost postulates. When you look at the American tests, the Roche tests, the RT-PCR, you look at the data sheets for those, you know, you're much more transparent over there in America than we are. You publish them. You publish them online for patients and for clinicians. And the doctor's data sheet for the Roche PCR and the antibody tests, they all show that the false positive rate is high and that you can be misdiagnosed. And patients may suffer quarantine unnecessarily. It actually says that in the data sheets. Now, the reason for that, that you have data sheets that have such dreadful disclaimers in them is because the test manufacturers do not want to be sued. Yeah, they don't want a court case by patients. So they publish the disclaimers. High. And, and basically, the, 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 the regulators in America are responsible for putting those licenses out there. And therefore, they're responsible for those tests going on the market, not the manufacturers. So the manufacturers are standing behind the regulatory process. They're shielded from any court case like they are with vaccine damage. You know this with vaccine damage. You know, the, the, you know, the vaccine damage. And many times I've seen studies that don't even do randomized trials. You know, they've certainly done no trials with these tests. Now, that's completely opposite to what they should do. In this country, we have a standard any medical test should be trialed and it should be there should be control groups and it should be well researched before it goes on the market. These tests have been improved, approved formally in five minutes. They've never been trialed through research studies. And therefore, I would say that's terribly dangerous. I agree. I agree. You've got a product that doesn't perform well. And we've had a lot of reports here in this country showing that the tests are testing false positive. And a lot of clinicians that I know, they don't even bother with the tests. They know they're so false. They treat clinically. And again, that's dangerous because if you come in to, um, you know, an ER department and you've got a chest problem, they've been treating you as a COVID case straight up without any tests or any lab workup, you know, because of the fear and the propaganda has gone ahead of the practice, you know, which again should never happen. You know, doctors are not treating scientifically. They're treating based on presumption. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by presumption? No, I, I totally, I, think I, you, I get that. This is part of what, uh, what we had with Dr. Kaufman when we had him on. And I asked him because we do a show on Wednesdays where we point out where the government is infiltrating yeah. and has been infiltrating in this country education. And we, we call it indoctrination. They're not educating yeah. kids to think. 
and as our forefathers did, they they trained their kids for the glory of God, whatever they do, whether it's in healthcare, whether it's digging a ditch, banking, or whatever they do, whatever the case is that they do, they're to do for the glory of God, not for the for selfish ambition, uh, not for yeah. for a greedy gain and stuff like that. So he, when I asked him, I said, "Well, Doctor Kaufman, you're coming to these conclusions." What happened from your MIT days? Or he was down here in the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina at the University of Charleston, uh, University of South Carolina at Charleston as well. And I said, what happened? He goes, Tim, they put you through all this stuff. You have to take in all of the stuff they're indoctrinating you with, and then you yeah. have to regurgitate it for a test. He said, there's no time for debate. There's no time for questions. And then it's not until you get out in the real world and you start practicing what they taught you that you start going, hey, wait a minute. This isn't working. This is actually harming people rather than helping people. And so you start looking at the natural path kind of, uh, you know, medicine, if you will. And, you know, here at the Sons of Liberty, we, we rest on two things, one majorly, and that's the Bible. The second is the Constitution. That Those are the standards by which we judge those who represent us. They're not our leaders, people. If you look at them like leaders... Uh, go look at Bugs' life and find out how that works for them until the pe- until the little ants stand up. And we're the little ants in their eyes. And the fact of the matter is, is that we are the ones who are supposed to call them to account, like uh, Dr. Corbett's doing. He's one of the ants, if you will. I, I, I don't want to denigrate you in saying that. But he's one of the ants who's standing up. Nurse Kate's standing up. Um, Andrew Kaufman is standing up. Dr. Shiva's standing up. Dr. Adil uh, out of the UK as well. And so... These people are are actually leading the fight. And folks, many of you say you don't believe the media or the lying politicians that lie to you every single day. And yet, you got the face diaper on. What is up with that? Dr. Corbett, mm-hmm. does that not, does that not uh, give you a little bit of pause of distress? Because look... My Bible tells me, Psalm 91, that I'm supposed to trust in the in the Most High. I'm supposed to hide myself in Him. He, he protects me from the perilous pestilence. And if the perilous pestilence gets to me, you know what? It's because He allowed it for a good reason. The Bible tells me that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So I can trust in that. And so I'm not going to put that on like you. I'm not going to put that on uh, without any evidence that I can even pass pass a virus in general, not even this self-proclaimed thing. How, does, how yeah. do you respond to that? I mean, is it not distressing to you to see your fellow countrymen just succumbing to this this narrative that's being put out that's not even proven? Yeah, I think it. I think you know, I have to fight here. Um, to it, it does have an effect on one's spirit. I must say that because it is, you know, it is also a spiritual attack on us. This it's a scientific attack. It's attack on the science. It's overturning everything we know. It's corruption. It's corruption at a medical level, at an economic level, at a social level. But it's also a spiritual attack on us as spiritual beings. When I go into church and I see people wearing masks and I'm told I can't be there unless I wear a mask. And I have to think about my conscience and I I have to go and watch mass online. I'm a Roman Catholic. I go to mass every week. And and therefore, it's a spiritual attack. But also, it makes me stronger. I feel stronger. And I feel have to feel positive, Tim, because, you know, there is a way of overcoming this. And I think what the nappy, the face nappy, as I call it, is a sign of, it's a sign of fear on one level. 
It's a sign of propaganda and brainwashing. It's a sign also that people are doing the easy thing to get through the day. Yeah. So one can't make judgments about people who are wearing the mask. Yeah. You can't say they're stupid or they're ignorant or this or that. And likewise with doctors and nurses that are working in all this, you have to trust that behind this, you have to trust your faith, really, that the people are thinking behind this. And if they're not, they can be woken up. People can be woken up. And when people see you walking into the supermarket without a mask or they see you uh, walking around without one, you're a role model, Tim. You're a role model telling them, come on, you don't need to get into all this. You can get through the day. I'll give you an example. I went into a shop the other day uh, to buy a bicycle part, you know, a tire for my inner tube that is corrupted and I needed a new one. And the guy behind the counter serving, the server had a mask on. And he didn't say, hello, how are you? How can I help you? First thing he said is, do you have a mask? Isn't that amazing? You go into a shop and that's the first thing he asked you. And I said to him, I said, I said, are you going to serve me or not? Do you want my money or not? And he said, yes. And he never asked about the mask. And I wasn't rude. I was just, you know, direct. And he was direct with his first, you know, what he said to me about the mask. And we moved on. And he didn't ask about it at all then, yeah? So, you know, there's a way of dealing with this. And what you've got to fight against, I think, is becoming, um, you know, you have to try and go about this in a sort of level-headed way. But people are going to attack you and people are going to confront you. You need to be able to quickly, you know, fight back in a verbal way that isn't aggressive or in a way, you know, that you keep keep your own values with this, you know? And I've made this um, decision that I'm never going to mask. I'm never going to um, succumb to it. And that's going to be difficult, I'm sure. But it may not be, you know. We don't know what's going to be down the line here. We've got to think positive about this, you know. Yeah, uh, Dr. Corbett, let me, let me uh, interject there just a bit. Uh, you know, yeah. I've done that as well. My boys, my younger boys, they're still at home. My uh, well, my older boy is living out in his RV here, but uh, my other boy, he is uh, he's out on his own. And I've got two younger boys who are still here. And we went out. I've told people we went out to the local yeah. supermarket, and <clears throat> I've never seen so many people working uh, at that supermarket in all my life. Mm-hmm. And they've got like four of these little Nazi ladies sitting out front that tell you which door you can go in and go out, which they never mm-hmm. had before. Uh, the the little signs that you were talking about walking up and down the aisle, and then yeah. they were putting up the the big plexiglass things. Now it's like it's almost like a cube that they put their cashiers in. It's the stupidest yeah. thing I've ever seen in my life. It really is, folks. Uh, you are stupid. You are just, and I mean that not as a denigrating term to people. I mean that as you're hard headed to not think past what you're told. Yeah, and they're doing that. And I walked. I was going to go out the same door as I go out normally because we were going to get pizza. We were having pizza for the family. And the pizza yeah. place is on this side of the door, uh, this side of the, the building. And the lady goes, well, you can't go out there, sir. And I said, why not? And I looked at her because they all have masks on. Their I said, is the yeah. air dirty over here? 
She goes, yeah. no, we're trying to control traffic. And I looked and I looked back at her and I go, there's nobody coming in the door. And yeah, she goes, yeah. well, it's state mandated. I said, no, it is not. And no, me and my no, boys no. walked out and I went, bah, bah. And my, my oldest, uh, my oldest, the younger sons, he goes, why are you doing that, dad? I said, because these people are like sheep. They're ready to be sheared. Yeah. They're ready to be slaughtered because they don't think past whatever they're told and they think they're doing something good when in fact what they're doing is infringing on your liberties and here in the United yeah. States they don't have the authority to do that in fact they're violating the law by doing that we've covered a show on that and uh, let me hit one thing and then I'll, I'll let you get back to what you were you were yeah, saying sure. some guys are talking about last days and stuff look guys let me be honest with you go look up my video on the YouTube channel for Sons of Liberty on Mark of the Beast. I'll tell you what it was. You guys haven't read the first part of the book of Revelation. It says it's coming soon. The time is at hand. Okay? You guys quit stopping with the last day stuff. Okay? Yeah. Stop with that and start fighting the good fight of faith because the fact of the matter is the yeah. last days yeah. were in the days of Jesus when the Messiah came. And John is very yeah. clear about what came and we see it in the first century in 70 AD with what came on Israel. Modern day Israel has nothing to do with that. I don't want to get off on the subject. Modern day Israel has nothing to do with it. It is Antichrist. It is a Jewish yeah. occultic mess is what it is over there. And we've got videos on that as well. You can look those up. Guys, stop thinking like that. Yeah. Stop thinking like that because the fact of the matter is the Bible tells us that God goes before us. He's the one who fights our battles for us. Yeah, it's in the Bible. I get it. But do you know even what the book of Revelation is about? That's the question, guys. And, <clears throat> I mean, Trump didn't alter squat. The timeline consists because God is in control. The providence and his decrees determine all things that happen. The timeline is not altered, Patrick. I'm sorry, brother. It hasn't been altered at all. In fact, Trump is the face of the new world order, and I hope that ticks a bunch of Trump trolls off so that you start thinking about this because yeah. this is a problem, Kevin. It's a real problem that people will follow a man, think a man can alter the timeline. Is Trump God? Did he? Well, some people think that. I could show you the meme of the lady who thinks he's Jesus. Yeah. Uh, if you deny him before men, he'll deny you before the Father. Nonsense. Idolatry is what it is. But Kevin, let me um <clears throat> let me push this a little further. What's going to happen when these people say we don't need to respond to that Kevin guy? I mean, no nobody thinks anything about what that guy thinks. They're just going to listen to us. They're wearing the face diaper. They're 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 self-quarantining themselves when the Bible tells us in Leviticus 13 that you only quarantine sick, actually authenticated sick people, not asymptomatic people, not no. people who might have something, people who are actually sick and it's actually contagious. A virus is not contagious, uh, just so people understand. And so so what's going to happen after September 5th? What are you prepared to do? Do you got a, a – Kate says you call them barristers there. Do you have a barrister at the ready to go, to go we, after this thing? We, yeah, we, we have several legal actions pending here in the UK, one of which um, – is directly related to this petition and this letter to Boris Johnson. There is an application for judicial review, which is the British term for trying to get a high court hearing over this issue of the science, and it's based on the science, this judicial application. has been bought by the People's Brexit Party, which is very successful in the last couple of years. So we're very, very hopeful that this will go forward and that it won't be quashed. 
But, you know, what's really important, Tim, I think, is that people take back the power individually, right? You mentioned that issue in the supermarket over you were questioning the woman about the direction of the traffic and why were they ordering you around. You know, there's no laws here. People are told a tissue of lies. You know, Nazi Germany was run on the local people. They didn't have the troops on every street directing people like people think. It was the little people, the ordinary people that took on board the rules and the regulations, and they did the dirty work of the government. Individual people applied this, like the woman sitting outside the supermarket. If people questioned more in their workplace, then things may not happen in this way. There may be some hope. You know, you've got, we've got to find, we've got to help people become more empowered. I think that's the word, really. Take control. Don't just follow things blindly. Question, stand up and speak. And I'll give you an example of this. I was contacted last week by a nurse who was told she had to come on duty and wear a mask 12 hours all the time. She questioned it and she wrote an email to her boss saying this is rubbish, quoting the evidence, thinking she's going to be sacked, Tim. Yeah. Her manager said, you're going to be sacked. You've got to wear a mask all day. What's happened, Tim, is nothing has happened. She's not wearing a mask all the time, only when she does some issue, some clinical issues with patients. And she hasn't been sacked. And nothing has happened and they've let her alone. So other members of staff are now seeing her thinking, well, she's not wearing a mask all the time, so I'm not going to. So she's become a role model in the workplace. Do you know what I mean? And has changed people's minds, changed people's behaviors just by standing out. And she didn't do it aggressively. She didn't tell people they were stupid wearing masks. She did it very carefully and very considered and in a very caring way. And I think this is what we need to to do really is to become very skillful at subverting the system, yeah? There will be a time, I think, maybe soon, we've got to come out on the streets, of course, and do that. We've got to fight it in many different ways. We may have to sort of fight it, you know, I have to say, we may have to fight it physically with, with, whatever way we can i agree but there's different ways of fighting you can fight in a very subversive way you know and you can you know if you're working in a supermarket and your boss says to you you've got to go and sit in a, a, a perspex box perspex cube when you're doing the checkout you say well why, what is this about why do i have to do that how does that work what's the science behind it and you know i bet if some people did that things wouldn't be as so bad People would stop and think, and and you wouldn't get this Nazification, this ordering of people around, which is terribly depressing and dispiriting for everybody, you know, to be told how you can walk down the street. You know, you can't walk down this part of the sidewalk. You've got to walk down this part. You know, I just go where I want, you know, and let them catch up with you. And if, if anybody says something to you, then you challenge it in a, in a, in a polite way. You know, what are they going to do? Are they going to arrest you for walking down the sidewalk the wrong way? How crazy is this? So I think some of the some of the very petty things that we've seen could be turned over. Does that make sense? They could be 
push back. You know, it's an overreach. It's gone too far. And it's ridiculous. And look at those, you know, but I think what's very insidious is you've got this command and control through the whole population right up to the governors. Look at the premier of Victoria in, in Australia, Victoria State, Melbourne. And he's saying now that, you know, people are not going to be able to draw their money unless they've had a vaccine. Yeah. So this has got to be stopped because, you know, you cannot have mandatory anything. The whole concept of having mandatory vaccination and mandatory healthcare is Nazified. This is what the Germans did in the 1930s. And you're going to remind people that that isn't the modern way. We don't behave like that in this culture. There is no virus that is so dangerous that we've got to do that to the population. Put children in little cubes. Did you see the photos of children being... That is child abuse, really. That is child abuse. And we need to stop that now so that it doesn't embed. I completely agree. Everybody's way... Everybody here listening to you, everybody in their workplace can help with this. The most... Everybody's important here, doing whatever job, you know, whether you're, you know, President Trump down to working in a supermarket, you're all important people, you do important jobs, and you can have a huge effect on this. I agree. Push back, you know, contact your unions, mobilize in the workplace. You might not be able to do it explicitly and above board. You may have to go underneath. You may have to subvert. You may have to do it behind closed doors. But work away at it. Don't let it go. And don't just obey mindlessly. You might have to obey to get through the day, but you can obey and you can work against it to defunct, to destroy it. Do you know what I mean? In yeah. a subversive way. I agree. So I agree. that would be my message. Yeah, you know, Kevin. Everybody here can help. I agree. I agree with you. I want to pitch in one thing because some people have, I think social media has taken a toll on us. Uh, to where we don't respond to one another. And I hope nobody in the chat room takes um, my tone with them. If I speak very straightforward, it is not in a hateful manner at all. It is to say, look, you need to actually pay attention to what's done, not what the conservative talking heads tell you, not what the liberal, but you actually need to pay attention to what's done versus what is said. And then you have to decide, am I going to continue to wear the political jersey and rah rah mm. cheer my 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 uh, guy who just did the slam dunk on the other team on. Or are you going to stand up for yourself, the rights you have, uh, which come from your Creator, God? I know some people don't want to acknowledge God, and the Bible tells us that they don't want to do that because they don't want to honor Him as God. But the fact of the matter is, the Bible also tells us in Revelation twenty one verse eight, it says, "But the fearful, or that means cowardly." And unbelieving and the abominable and murders, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, folks, if you were thinking of certain sins, <laughs> violations of God's law, which would end you up under the wrath of God, would you think of cowardice as one of the first ones? But yet that's the first thing is named. And Kevin, you're talking about the fact that people have to get out of this issue of being just keyboard warriors or just people who just yeah. go to a protest. They're going to have to really take some strong stands in their communities. Uh, I think yeah. part of our problem is, and we talk a lot about national politics. There's no question about that. They trickle down into the local area. All politics are local. If you don't know who you're voting for locally and you're continuing to put the same people in there locally and state, then that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. 
DC can be cut off in our country. I don't know about your in, in, in the UK, yeah. but I know in the United States, we can cut DC off from basically everything they sign, everything they pass, everything the president signs that we believe to be unconstitutional yeah. if we deal with it at a local level. And I think that's part of the issue that uh, that many in the United States are missing. I don't know how it works in the UK. I don't know that it's even similar to that. Well, it, it, you know, it's not similar because at least you have a, a, a system in the United States where, as you say, you can subvert the federal diktat, the federal government in a way. We have a much more um, a different system where, you know, there is much more control and we've had a socialist system since the 1940s in health and education. So we've had the brainwashing. We've had the all the things you mentioned. We've had the uh, corruption of education. The you know we, people have been brainwashed around gender, sexuality, religion. You name it, everything. You know the systems are corrupted in a socialist system far more insidiously. And it's, I think, a little bit harder to overturn that. And having traveled widely in the United States, what I liked about the United States is this system you have where you've got the federal and you've got the local. At least having the local organization gives you some leeway. Here we have a system now where we've had control from Westminster. They've tried to devolve to Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland. That's all rubbish. That's all tissue of lies it's all political correctness and those administrations if you look at the scottish administration they're worse than westminster really they're trying to lock down tighter they're trying to be more dogmatic and then overarching all that we've got the eu framework which we're trying to get out of we voted to get out of it it's like walking through a, a, a sea of treacle you know it sticks your sticks you down and it slows you up you know and you want to speed up and you start slowing down and a lot of people voted for boris last year thinking he's going to speed us up and get out of the sea of treacle but actually what happened is he's actually being subverted and corrupted by the whole agenda i agree hey just well i i dr corbett i think that we're coming near the end of the show i think uh donald trump has that too i think he has the same thing and uh, we've done shows where I believe Donald Trump's owned by the banksters. He's been owned by them for about 30 years, 20 or 30 years. And probably the same thing is true with Dr. Uh, with Boris Johnson. Uh, we got about 20 seconds here. Tell people where they can find out more about you, man. Well, you can go onto my website, which is www.kevinpcorbett.com, K-E-V-I-N-P-C-O-R-B-E-T-T.com, and click on Corona Hysteria button. And, and you'll get all the information. Okay. Um, all right. That's all the time we got for for today. Uh, Dr. Corbett, thank you so much for joining us this okay. morning. I'm glad You're we welcome. were able to bring you on and get everything good. And, thank you very uh, have much a good, for having me. Yes, uh, it's our pleasure. God and bless you. Uh, everyone, you guys have a great day. 23 hours. It'll be Friday. See ya.